This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaron Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual. As soon as we repent and the atonement comes over us, we can have our sins be as white as wool. You have to know when the Spirit is teaching you something. Like, we're on this earth to be disciples. We need to share it. Their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. All right. Welcome to another Come Follow Me podcast. <laughs> Hi, boys. I have laryngitis, but it's not going to stop the podcast. <laughs> I have with me today Rochelle. Love it. And Jessica Liu. And they were on episode, what was it, three? Episode three. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm very excited to have a bonus episode where we get to talk about general conference. Yeah. And so I guess we can just dive in because there's not really like a structure. Yeah. What were your favorite talks? Oh, hard to choose. Yeah. (laughs) A lot. I think mine, I'll tell you mine, was Becky. Craven? Is that Carvin? Killed it. Cra- Craven? Well, I've been saying Craven. Okay. <laughs> she was my favorite because she was like, dude, so bold and just laid it down. And my favorite quote that she said was, we can rationalize all we want, but the fact is there's not a right way to do the wrong thing. Mm. Oh, yeah. That like spoke yep. to me. Yeah. Um, and I just love how she was like, there's, you know, a casual or careful way of living the gospel. Yeah. And we need to be more careful and not casual. And we need to be keeping our covenants. And the whole time I was, like, thinking about it. And sometimes we always talk about, like, we're in the gray. Or this is gray, you know. And she was just like, don't live in that gray. Like, don't, like, be careful of that gray. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thought that came to my mind, I wrote down a ton of her stuff, too, <clears throat> was being careful also means intentional because being casual kind of implies letting things happen to you or allowing things as they maybe naturally would yeah and we have to be careful of that we have to be careful of the natural man and natural tendencies and not that all things that feel natural are evil but if they're natural and not in line with what we know to be truth or doctrine or whatever, um, then we have to choose a different way. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy to do that. Um, and I just, I really love the word intention or intentional because it means you thought about it. It means that there are options, which there always will be. You thought about it, considered what you want to do and you've made a choice and then you have to be accountable for that too. And I think a lot of times we we end up in a in a place that maybe we don't want to, and we're like, oh, this happened to me, and maybe it did because you allowed the natural thing to happen. But yeah. you have to choose. We all get to choose in this life, and I am the biggest proponent of that. Your life is exactly what you've made it, or exactly what you've let it to be. Yeah, and it's it's completely up to you. Yeah, completely up to you. And I think with that, in making the choice, you need to have information to make an informed choice. And so I think one of the themes that I saw throughout here is that you have to learn for yourself. Uh, You have to do the work. You have to do the studying. 
behind whatever choice you're going to make. Um, and it just focuses on the individual and the importance that every single, every single person has a responsibility to work out their own personal salvation. Right. And in order to do that, they need to understand the doctrine and they need to study the scriptures and they need to study the words of the prophets and internalize that in their own way and, uh, you know, work out their own salvation. One of my favorite parts, uh, a lot of this conference talked about, like, step one, I think um, Elder Uchtdorf, like, draw closer to God. Like, step one, focus on, like, you and God and, like, have that relationship first. I think that's, like, kind of, like, what you were saying. Like, we need to, like, focus on us, figure out what we need to be doing and being careful. Um, I love steps. I love it when they're, like, (laughs) list. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love it. I'm, like, ugh, please don't. Really? Yeah. I love love lists. I'm, like, give me more. (laughs) Um, But I think it's interesting, too, because uh, with this huge focus on – Um, working out your own individual salvation Mm -hmm. and figuring it out for yourself, it really kind of turns the lens, the lens inward so that you can work out your own salvation instead of being so busy criticizing others and judging others. And that was another theme was like, Hey, yo, like people sin differently than you. Like people are on a different path than you and you can't compare. So work out your own salvation and you just trust and have faith that they're working out their own salvation and having their own experiences with God. And we yeah, can't you're gonna control have, that. In the end, you'll have different judgment days. Mm-hmm. So it's like focus on your judgment day. Right. Yeah. Because that's all you have control over is your own choices yeah. and your own direction. And it's just like, that's what this life is. It's, it's coming unto Christ uh, you yourself, like that's what right. you have to do. And that's not saying don't be mindful of others. It's just oh, saying okay. like, don't force other people to do stuff and don't judge other people or don't expect people to do something way before they're like ready for it. Right, like right. just trust that the Lord and the atonement is going to be working in their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think we, that's so easy to get caught up in of taking the outward expression of something and comparing those things because we know that we'll be ju- judgment was like a huge topic. Oh yeah. yeah. And we're going to be judged on our hearts and our intentions and our desires. And sometimes the outward display could be the same across three different people. Mm-hmm. And the intention is completely different and it can work both ways. It can be all the intentions like there were varying intentions. One person could have been good and it displays this way and it could have been bad and it displays the same way. And so it really, I loved what you said, working out with God. Like it's really not about me and Jess or me and Jaren. It's about me and God and what he expects of me. And we were reading in the scriptures at some other point this week and it's, it's just it's talking about how like there's different expectations. Like even with the talents, like some talents are required to multiply to two and others get multiplied to 50 and it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. God expects of us what he expects of us individually. And that's our mission is to figure out what that is, what he expects of us individually. It's going to be all different too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And uh, another big theme was just to love and embrace those who are on another path. 
Um, and another path could mean like, you know, away from the boat of the church or whatever, or it could be another path that is different than your own. Um, and I know like in parenting, that's really hard because each of your kids has a completely different path. And you, you know, after the first kid, you think you've got it down. And then the second kid comes and you're like, what? <laughs> like, I don't have kids yet, but I think like on the mission, when we like train people, like Rochelle and I have talked about this before, but when we train people, like every single person is very, very different. And so some tactics that you use on the first might not work for the second person mm-hmm. and that's okay. And just don't freak out. It's, it's like a trust thing with the savior. Okay. Like. Heavenly Father and the Lord, like, do you guys got my back? Like, do you have my child's back? Or do you have my friend's back? Or, like, my family member who means so much to me, do you have their back? Like, it's it's this crazy trust exercise. That's what it is. Well, I love that, like, once you're drawn closer to God, you can then fill the hearts of others. And it's a lot about that. It's like, first, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Then you can reach out and take care of others. And I've noticed that in my own life. Like, it's so much easier to give once you've like given to yourself. Absolutely. And I think going along with this idea of uh, building this relationship with God, my roommate actually said something really compelling today. She said, the base that you need to understand is how the spirit communicates to you. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to differentiate is speaking to you and when he's not. Because then as you're going through all this, I just was saying of knowing what the covenants even are and diving into the the questions that you may have, you have to know when the spirit is teaching you something, when the spirit is enlightening your mind. And I always go back and I think almost every talk went back to it of, it's so simple. Yeah. They even said like, it's so simple. Yes. (laughs) And, and it has to be otherwise. I mean, it's simple and we're not doing it. No. Right. Imagine if right. it was complex. Oh, no. And it, it really is like if you are struggling and you have questions, there are literally three simple answers. Yeah. Read your scriptures with intent. Yeah. Pray to God yeah. with also intent to do whatever it is he's going to tell you to do and go to church. Like, yeah. it's pretty it's, – it, and that does not guarantee – that. one thing I did like a lot, too, is people mentioned – timeline yes uh-huh. and that god's timeline is it's not, not our, our timeline, timeline. Mm-hmm. and sometimes we want answers now and it it doesn't come immediately and sometimes they come never right mm-hmm. but there there are things that the awful that the gospel always will offer which is peace yeah. and calm and i think that was another thing that i heard talked about a lot and there's gonna be things that we don't understand or that we don't get at this point or maybe ever in this life but there are things that the gospel can offer and joy is one of them oh yeah there's a lot of that happiness and joy yeah Mm -hmm. I really loved um Neil L. Anderson's talk (laughs) the first thing I wrote down was truth has always okay I'm also going to do a little disclaimer I did this in my last one no quotes can be actually (laughs) verified (laughs) at first I got really good at putting quotes and then I was lazy and now I'm like looking back and I'm like, oh wait, I don't have that. I tried to be good the whole time. I tried to be good the whole time and I have a problem. I can't quote things very well. Um, but I'm assuming he said something close to <laughs> truth has always come in counterfeits. And I just think that that's never been more true than in our day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be careful sometimes like 
where you're finding your truth. And I think it was also a talk, um, Brother Homer. Yeah. He was like, many voices are seeking our attention. And what is popular is not always the best. Yes. He yeah. said, sometimes we crowdsource our guidance. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. Nice I quote. loved that. <laughs> See, hey, I quoted something, guys. Yeah, I just love the concept of the fact that we have been given the tools to hear God's voice. Yeah. Like, that's just so powerful. Yeah. Like, there's some people in this world who don't even know that God exists, let alone know that he is their father mm-hmm. in heaven. And just knowing that we can come to know our father in heaven and he wants us to come to know him is so powerful. And and we can do that in our own time. Like, we can yeah. just pick up the scriptures and hear his voice. We can pray. We can feel his love. And I think it's just so powerful that we have that um, opportunity and invitation to build that bond with him. Who was it that says, if you don't have experiences with God, then you're not going to have a relationship or like, you you won't get to know him. I'm trying to find out who it was. Can't look to find it, but, um, I really liked that. I, that like, you have to first like have a relationship and like have experiences with God in order to like draw closer to him, like have Mm -hmm. actual experiences, get to know him, Mm -hmm. read about Jesus Christ because when I read about Jesus Christ, I understand more about God because they're one of the same purpose. And so um, I thought that was really interesting that someone's now trying to find who said that. I I guess it's the same with like a friend or significant other with anyone. Like if you want to get to know them, the only way to do that is to spend time with them and to see what they stand for, what makes them tick and what they enjoy to do. And, I think we can spend that same kind of time with God um, in the ways that he's instructed us to do so, um, whether that's at church or in the temple or through other people. Um, But you just have to take the time and put in the work. Um, I found out who it was. It was the prophet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I also uh, love that I wrote I put in highlight red time is running out uh, yes and he said that I like got up and all my friends were like oh my gosh I was like time is running out guys we gotta get going <laughs> start running around yeah. oh man yeah I who was it too that was talking a lot about obedience and the correlation between um you know, blessings and it being predicated on obedience oh, to was the law. It Sunday morning. Was it and Elder Redland? Yes, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was kind of has like a twofold thing. Sometimes we think that God loves us, He blesses us. And I think that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can, I, what did He say that Jess texted me this to? Something about you don't earn a blessing, but you do have to qualify for it. And the blessings that we receive come from obedience to to laws that we could have obeyed when we were eight years old that we could have obeyed however many years ago and I think the same I love the principle of like you reap what you sow and the same is true for building a relationship with God that you have to put in the work the the work that he's told you that you have to put in because I think that a lot of times too it's we'll catch ourselves struggling with answers and our struggling is like being mad about it oh you you know like the there are very simple yet 
elusive, I guess, <laughs> steps that, that help us to receive the answers that we're looking for. And I mean, it's all easy said in this context, right? We're sitting here talking about it. It is difficult to do, especially when you have a real doubt, but it, it really is that simple. And it, you qualify for those blessings. You qualify for that relationship with God based on your effort and your desire. And not that that has to be perfect. I don't think that's the qualification and that's where we can get caught up. And I think that's where we get into to trouble thinking that, you know, like I'm not as good as someone else, but the desire is really, really where it stems from and has, has been in my experience. Mm-hmm. I have um, highlighted from that talk, cheerfully do everything in your power and then stand still. I think sometimes we work ourselves up sometimes about certain blessings that we're not getting yet. Mm-hmm. And I love that. It's just like, do everything you can, like keep your covenants, keep moving forward, but then like, just like stand still and be, be of good cheer. Be okay. Mm-hmm. I loved the whole feeling behind president Nelson's talk. Um, it was just coming from a place of pure love and yeah. invitation and welcoming Um, You know, my arms are wide open. And I think that President Nelson displayed that perfectly because that's what the Savior is like for us. His arms are outstretched. And um, it wasn't a thing of like, we're trying to be exclusive or only certain ones of you are going to qualify or some of you guys are, you know, like predestined to do this. It was none of that because that's not how the Savior works. Um, But there still is a qualifying um, bar or certain things that you do need to do in order to receive certain blessings. Like it says in DNC 130 that, you know, there is a law irrevocably decreed in heaven and you have to do certain things in order to get that particular blessing. And, but it's not coming from a place of exclusivity. We're not trying to like push people out or make people feel like, Oh, I can never reach that. It's just, Hey, this is where the bar is. And this, kind of makes me think of an analogy with teaching. So I'm a high school teacher. And so um, my friend teaches honors, uh, honors biology, right? And you, in order to get into honors biology, you must have had a C or better, or I think it's a B or better in your previous science class Mm -hmm. um, in eighth grade. Um, And that's just because we feel like you need to have certain, like a certain level of work ethic, um, mm-hmm. in order to survive in an honors class, um, you need to be able to, yeah, just to work hard and, and do like well enough on those tests in order to get into that honors class because, and it's not from a place of like, Oh, we're going to like weed out all the dumb people. It's, no, like, it's like, you don't want them to struggle so exactly. much. Exactly. We want them to succeed. And, and who is to say like, you know, the ones in the regular biology class, they could even work up to a place and, and like prove their ability to work hard and boom, they can get moved into the honors class. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of take that to what president Nelson is saying is like, here are some of some qualifications that need to be met in order to receive these blessings because the Lord loves us because God has this plan for all of us. And ultimately he wants all of his children, even the one third that went away in the pre-existence, um, he wanted all of us to make it back uh, to live with him again. And he has the vision and the knowledge um, and a perspective that we don't have. And the prophet can see some of that. 
And thus he knows what the qualifications are in order for us to attain eternal life, which God wants for all of us. And the prophet's job is just to be the mouthpiece, to preach that to people and say, hey, guys, I see the line right here and I really want you all to make Make it. it. And here's the line. I am inviting you and pleading with you because I see how much God wants everybody to make it. And I'm just pleading with you. Here's the line. Let's do this together. I feel like also like what we do here on earth matters. Like sometimes, oh, was that? Um, there was a talk and they talked about his friend and how his friend was like, well, when I die, could you just do the work? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was work. a prophet too, yeah. That was a prophet too? No. <laughs> <laughs> just got a guest, you know, and if you like. She just got that purely from the so spirit, <laughs> so it's hard to distinguish who it came from. <laughs> No, but I loved it because it's true. It's like what we do here on earth really matters. It matters. And I thought the prophet did a really great job of linking what he was saying to blessings. Mm -hmm. And so like sometimes they'll talk about the things that we need to do and we're like, oh, and then at the end they'll say like blessings. But every time the prophet said like, you need to keep your covenants. He linked it to exaltation and being with your family. Yeah. It was so beautiful. And it was such a reminder of how much God loves us. Like if you're, if you're a parent or you're a, a teacher or whatever, you're not putting restrictions on your kids for your benefit. Like you don't benefit from that, especially because you, especially if you love them. Right. Yeah. Um, you're foreseeing something and you're putting safeguards so that they don't do things that are going to be damaging for them. And I think that like, that's even where the atonement came from. When Adam and Eve were cast out of the garden, he said, I will provide a savior for you. And that was his purest expression of love that we would be here. We would struggle, but there would be a way to come back to him. And I think, there are never ending opportunities to qualify for that repentance mm-hmm. and for that opportunity to be back, even if we fall into the what that guy was talking about. Like, yeah, just do my work after I die. <laughs> yeah. Like, he still, I still believe that there's a chance for him to turn things around. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, God will give us as many chances as possible. And I think we forget sometimes what what this life is about. And we think it's about being perfect now because it is, that is the bar, right? Right. Eventually. But we, we hardly, and I think I said this in the lesson that I taught a couple of, we hardly give ourselves the leeway to shoot for less than perfection. And so we're striving for this perfection and we don't get it on like even the hundredth try. And we're like, I'm failing at my purpose at life, but really that is the purpose of life is to like fail and learn to use the atonement. And we wouldn't even appreciate Christ or the atonement if we didn't have to use it. We were meant to use it and it's okay to fail, but it's, it's about learning to use the atonement and coming closer to Christ through those experiences. Yeah. And I loved all the emphasis on the atonement of Christ, uh, in the Sunday morning session. I think it's really hard for me to just like 
I don't know. The atonement is so ethereal and intangible and it's hard for me to just like encompass that or like feel what that is all the time. Um, and so I don't know, they just put it in such a beautiful way. Um, I loved Sharon Eubanks, uh, talk, um, right in the middle when she was talking about, uh, the wool being, um, stained scarlet, um, like a scarlet red. And that I'd heard that millions, millions of times. And it's like seminary scripture mastery. Right. And so you repeat it, but just the visual of having that color, she said it was color fast, meaning that the color stays on the wool forever. You can soak it however long you want in water and that redness will not come out. And that image was so penetrating to me because like, it's only through the atonement that that color that is like holding on to that wool can be erased and made as white as snow. And that just hit me so hard because that's exactly what the atonement is. We may think that our sins stay with us forever and we will forever be stained and it will stain who we are and stain our personalities and stain, you know, who we feel like it dictates who we are, but it doesn't. As soon as we repent and the atonement comes over us, we can have our sins be as white as wool. And yes, um, I think Brother Callister mentioned that, you know, we're still going to remember these things, but sometimes it's going to be less of a punishment and it's going to be more of a warning or a reminder for us. Hey, remember, don't go down this road because you have felt the negative impact of this. And so I'm like keeping this memory in your mind just as a warning, just as a warning. Yeah, it teaches you. Exactly. And it's like you, the sin is not the person. Yeah. You can hate the sin, love the person. You can love yourself and know that the sin does not define you. As soon as you repent, it's gone. Yeah. I love that. Also, yay for imagery. Yes. (laughs) Imagery. (laughs) So something really cool I was just thinking about right now as you were saying that is like, the logic of getting rid of that color from the wool doesn't exist, essentially. Like, it's illogical to think that that wool could become white on its own. Mm -hmm. And that's so true for us. We we can't do it on our own, and it's meant to be that way, so that it is a miracle of the atonement that we are able to get rid of the guilt of those sins and keep the memory, because it, it, it informs the rest of our lives. We really... I mean, ideally, we would never live a life of any regret because we would repent of everything in the past and everything would be a learning for the future. Obviously, like, that's an idealized life. Mm-hmm. But the, I think it's a blessing that we get to remember because totally. you, you take learning from all of that and you grow as a person, again, contributing to the purpose of this life, which is to learn and to grow. And, and I mean, think about how many lives you can bless and help because of that experience that you went through. And if you completely lost the memory or you feel guilt and shame about it, it's hard to to share that with people and help to uplift them. But I think the atonement is beautiful because you can get over the sin. You can come back to a true um, vision of how God sees you um, as a precious daughter or son of God. And you can use your experience and your learnings to teach your children, to teach whoever you have stewardship over, to teach your friends, and whoever the Lord places in your path. I like that because did you listen to the prophet's um, message to the men in the priesthood session? Not yet. And he talks a lot about repentance. And one of the things he said is like, 
our repentance and purity will help gather Israel. I love that. Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's just like what you were saying. Like, it helps others. Yeah. And when you testify of Christ and the atonement in your life, people feel that. And then they want they want that in their lives. Right. And that will draw them closer to God and asking those questions and then coming to church. And then like, you know, so yeah, no, go listen to the prophet's message to the men. Yeah. It was powerful. Mm-hmm. It was really powerful. Another big thing, a big theme was um, like staying on the covenant path. There was a lot of mentionings of um, action with the motivation of just love. Love. That's where your motivation Mm -hmm. should come. And what do we have to do for this charity or pure love of Christ? In Moroni, it says that you have to pray with all the energy of heart, which is a big deal. Like you can't just like, la la la, okay, I think I have some love. Um, I was listening to a BYUI devotional. But anyway, he was saying that, you know, charity is not an added amount of love. Charity is a completely different type of love. Mm-hmm. And it's the love that comes from Christ. It's the pure love of Christ. And if we do not pray for that and have an open heart to receive that, then we won't get it. Yeah. And we can try all we want to show more signs of love or to give love like that. But we really do have to pray with all the energy of heart to receive the pure love of Christ and have that work through us. It's a different yeah. type of love. Yeah. I loved the story that Elder Code talked about. Um with his friend that they went and stayed with and Gordon B. Hinckley was there. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that story? Yeah. And how, like, you could see how Gordon B. Hinckley just, like, poured that love and missionary work as well to mm-hmm. him and and made a difference for him to turn to the church. Mm-hmm. And it made me feel like, oh, I need to be more loving and also spiritually confident. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think... Sometimes we, and this kind of goes back to fitting into the world, we want to be kind to people and to be a good example and we want them to see our example and we don't go up to people on the street and say like, you need to be baptized or your sins will not be forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't say well. that. <laughs> and, but like, I remember on my mission, like at the very beginning, I was very timid. I mean, obviously I didn't speak language at that point we're like wait what (laughs) (laughs) I was very hesitant to tell people like you need to be a member of this church and I remember even my MTC teacher saying to me asking the question if there's a person that you meet that lives an incredible life they contribute to the community they're a great person what could the what could the gospel offer them how would you respond to that? And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> At that time, I didn't know. And and I think that's what President Nelson lays out so beautifully is like, there is a joy that comes from living the gospel that transcends anything else. It's it's unlike anything else. And it, it doesn't mean that you can't be happy without it. You can't. You can navigate this life successfully without the gospel. Yeah. There is an added measure that you will be missing for this life and for the next. And I think it was was beautifully displayed here. And I remember as I progressed on my mission and I I got a lot more bold. Like there would just be times when I could tell somebody straight, I'm like, 
you're missing blessing. You need to do this. And I remember like I would have companions or, or, or members of the church that would visit with us say like, you're really bold about that. And it, it was like, I don't know. I don't know any other way. Like I just know how much God loves them and how much he wants this for them that I didn't know how to sugarcoat it. I didn't yeah. know how to say it any other way. And yeah. I, I think the prophets and the apostles are similar in their delivery of, of things for us sometimes as well. That it's like they feel so much love from God for us. And it's, yeah. it's a gift. It's like Jess was saying, it's a, it's a gift from God to feel that amount of love towards oh, people. Yeah. And, and you've mentioned it before with being the Relief Study present. It's a gift to feel the way that God can feel about his children. It is. And it's powerful. It's powerful. And when you feel that, you will do anything no, to help a person, to convince that person. And and I think that's what, what we're kind of talking about here. Like, we yeah. get that testimony of how powerful the gospel is, how beautiful it is, what it does for us in our lives. And we just want other people to do it. And and be unashamed in that invitation. Yeah. yeah. And I love uh, that just going back to how charity is a gift. It's a gift that we all can receive. We are all free to totally. receive that. And um, Elder Collister kind of mentioned that as well. But I love this line where he was talking about the gifts of the spirit um, and that as we attain gifts of the spirit, we are attaining attributes of godliness. Um, but also he says that with these gifts... Um, they can eradicate our weaknesses. And so a lot of times we think, you know, I'm not good enough for this, or I'm not good at being bold, or I'm too scared. I'm actually really timid and shy, or it's not in my nature to do this, or it's against my nature to do this. All of those things can be dispelled if you just open your heart, ask for the gift of charity and whatever gift you're looking for. And that gift will be distilled upon you and you will become a new creature in Christ and you will be able to have the power and to, to go and do his work. Yeah. Like nothing is going to stop you from helping the Lord to accomplish what he needs to do, yeah. including your weaknesses. You guys, thank you so much for talking because I have no voice, <laughs> and I'll probably have to edit all my voice because <laughs> nobody wants to hear Your spirits will carry your voice <laughs> to the hearts. Uh, you overcame a great challenge. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, my gosh, thank you so much. Thank you.